Hey everyone, welcome to episode 2 of Coffee and Candidates. It's been a while, but a lot has happened. So now we're at Starbucks. So Ying right now is tasting my white mocha, and she thinks it just tastes like straight milk. So <laughs> that's very interesting. I can vaguely taste the espresso because I used to work at Starbucks. I worked at Starbucks for seven months. I did not get fired. <laughs> I put in my two weeks. My last day was a week ago, so rest in peace. So we're in my homeland today. My my ex-homeland, I'm sorry. But I enjoyed my white mocha. <laughs> it, was a, it was a normal, it was a normal white mocha. <laughs> okay, so um, I tried the, what is this called? The dragon fruit. It's a, it's a mango dragon fruit, <laughs> I know. Mango dragon fruit with what, Mango like, dragon fruit refresher with, with guava. Okay. <laughs> and what is it like pineapple matcha or something? And it's like it's supposed to be yeah. new. Um, it tasted. It was. It was pretty good. It tasted like one of those fruit icebreakers. You know the ones that you can get from like Walmart. <laughs> or the ones that are like half mint and then like half fruit. Those are really good. That's basically what this tasted like. It was like a. It was like a melted version of that. But it wasn't bad. It was pretty good. Yeah. I got the grande iced matcha latte with soy milk. Um, Starbucks isn't really consistent with their drinks. <laughs> Yesterday, it's slapped big time. Today, it straight up tastes like milk. So I'm not thriving. I'm kind of sad. Since I'm under no legal obligation, I'm going to tell a work story. Um, so basically... Um, yeah basically just enjoy it um so like literally if you so if a customer like really annoys a barista and like they know they made the drink wrong they'll just go ahead and give it out like sometimes i was like hey i'm pretty sure that drink was made wrong and they're like no it's fine it's fine they just hand it out so um basically just don't annoy your baristas and you're fine yeah i mean <laughs> i mean that's it okay well on a positive note, I got a free cake pop. It was pretty good. <laughs> That's really all I gotta say. Ooh, yesterday um, I was at the drive-through, got the matcha latte, and it was very windy, and um, my cash money flew away. So I got a drink for free, and then the barista came outside and picked up my cash money and handed it back. So yeah, so last week we did a little teaser. We we you know. Um, so we released a poll on my Instagram and Sophia's and Ying's, and we wanted to ask which candidate people supported. The results are very interesting, and y'all will see how these results are not accurate anymore, because, okay. So we're gonna go, yeah, okay. We're gonna go from the bottom to the top, basically. So we had 116 responses, which is a lot. I admit that they were kind of like, they're kind of biased samples because they're people who are willing to answer, and they're probably people who had like stronger political opinions, which is why they answered, but yeah. In the next poll we're releasing, we're going to include, there was a fill-in option and some people did put undecided, but I'm going to have like a straight undecided option next time, so more people will be willing to vote. In last place... We had Amy Klobuchar with one person. <laughs> Just one. In second place, we had Tulsi Gabbard with two responses. Not second place. Second, you know. The next, we had none. So they just filled in none, and that was only two people. And the next, we had Michael Bloomberg with four responses. So I'm bought by advertisements. I think so. 
And next we had Joe Biden with seven responses, so we're getting more and more support. Um, next we had Elizabeth Warren with 11 responses. The next we had Pete Buttigieg with 14 responses. And now this is where there's a massive gap. Like, it just jumps. So in second place, we had Andrew Yang with 33 responses. So he actually dropped out. And yeah, I just thought, because we already had this poll before he dropped out. So for me, I was like, it's very interesting how he has this massive support from young people and he can't get enough support at the polls. So are young people not voting? Can they just not express their opinions? Do they not want to go and vote? And then in number one, with the most of the country, it was Bernie Sanders with 42 responses. I personally don't think it was like, I don't know, I feel like young people also feel, also believe, um, I mean, clearly they have different opinions, but I guess a lot of the sample that we took were people who aren't able to vote anyway, so I guess it would make sense, but it's just like, it's just this big gap between like, people who can vote and people who can't. I'm actually not surprised by the turnout for Andrew Yang, because out of all the candidates, Andrew Yang has the biggest um, online pre social media presence which it's pretty close to Bernie's yes and I feel like a lot of people vote for Bo vote for Bernie because they're very familiar with him from the last election and but for for Yang it's just like this cult thing on Twitter that I see a lot and people just like go in and that segues into we're also the next poll we're gonna have multiple questions so we're gonna really do two um we're gonna keep the question of which candidate do you support the most to see how the results change from Andrew Yang being Andrew Yang dropping out and um, more there's been a lot more debates since so the people's political opinions have become clearer we're also include the question of who do you think should get the nomination for the primary and also which do you think has the best chance of beating Trump in the election hypothetically and again just as a reminder this the purpose of this goal is not political it is not it's not like pro-democrat or like pro-republican the whole point is just to have like an independent source of just what teenagers are feeling today about the Democratic Party and not are you Republican or Democrat, just which do you feel like is the best for the Democratic Party? Um, so now that we've talked about that, I think um, since there's been so many debates recently, we're probably going to go in and mix up all of them and just talk about them as all together for this one, especially considering um, the actual voting time period the actual voting day is very near and it's not going to be very long until people actually have to vote and um so it would make most it would make a lot of sense to just be more concise about it and to hit the main points rather than dissecting an entire debate as we did last time and so now that we've done that um i guess we can get started on what happened in South Carolina since it was probably the most recent one. Well, they started off talking about how the economy would be better under, how uh, the candidates would do better when it comes to unemployment rate as Trump did. And they started off asking Sanders. And I think when Sanders responded, he seemed to go about like roundabout, I guess, if that makes sense. He tends to, Sanders does this thing where when he speaks, he will go in a circle. He'll mention something else and then touch a little bit of the topic that he's asked about and then doesn't talk much about it or answer the question sometimes and I think that's something that um, really sticks out to, sticks out to not only me as a voter but also as somebody who likes to just listen to what people have to say and I as somebody who um, participates in speech and debate 
and stuff like that. It's very important to me that people will answer the question. And it's something that uh, AP classes will touch on a lot when it comes to even the exams. It's something that you have to think about. And there's it's nothing against uh, Bernie as a as just like a senator or anything like that, or uh, a candidate, but it's to say that, you know, it's very important to answer the question, and I hope that in future debates, he doesn't talk circles around the issue and actually does start answering the question, which is definitely something that people have a problem with. So we actually do have the transcript pulled up in front of us, and while looking at, like, at his answer, he literally just dodged the answer, and I feel like many politicians do this, and there's no straight answer and I'm just I'm watching for an answer and so I feel, I feel like a great way for people to actually find straight up answers to these questions that mentioned in the debates is to just look up their these candidates candidates websites and then see their actual plans so during the debate I feel like if they just cite from their website, every debate is going to be the same. The, the debate is for is a place for them to bring in new ideas and like further enforce how they're going to carry out these their plans. But a lot of the times they just like they're just attacking each other and they don't, they don't really answer the questions presenting presented to them. Okay, so Clayton's typing up the current poll that we're going to post later today. Something that stood out that Ying mentioned that was really that was a really good point was that the candidates are definitely attacking each other and they're struggling to even get through some of the certain points. Like some of the candidates have to circle back and talk about how we have to focus on the issue at hand and they're not getting much done at all. And which brings me to the moderators of last night's debate in South Carolina. They seem to just let it happen. I mean, the amount of times that Biden kept saying, um, can I please speak? Can I please speak? And the one part where he he said uh, something like, uh, I'm the only, why am I the only one that stops up here? Like I was, what was he, raised Catholic or something like that? And he was saying that and it was, it was super humorous, but it also brings up the idea that, you know, the, these debates are bringing out kind of the worst in the candidates sometimes because we're, they're fighting amongst each other. And if the party continues to fight amongst each other, you know, it's going to be really hard to beat Trump in that case. And that's something that, you know, even if we're talking majorly about South Carolina, it was it was evident from every single one, like Nevada and in um, Iowa, they were all arguing to the point where it seemed like they weren't going to get anything done at all. So when it comes back to the chaos that happened at these debates, a lot of them are caused by the audience who like to sit there and cheer or boo when it comes to whatever a candidate says. And I understand that that's something that um, that's why there's an audience and stuff like that. But the crazy thing is, is this was last night was the first time I heard like sort of very obvious boos for somebody like Sanders. And I read somewhere that the tickets were like a thousand dollars to be there in person. And it's crazy to me. Like, first of all, it makes sense that you would pay to go to these live showings of the debate to support your candidate. But it also is crazy to me the fact that you can watch these online by yourself and you can see what's going on. And it's it favors a lot of the candidates who ha- who are basically billionaires. Like when it comes to Bloomberg, this was the first time I heard such like loud audience applauses and like um, so much appraise for Bloomberg because it would make sense, you know, like the fact that um, the tickets were so expensive and yet Bloomberg is somebody who sort of lives based on the amount of money that comes into that comes in and out of his not only bank account and his company but also um, just how much he spent on his 
campaign. So it it was really interesting to me the fact that that was sort of an issue. And then not only that, um, something that very much stuck out to me at this during this debate was the fact that they were touching base on the same things that we've seen before. And debates are something that we have to cover. Yes, we have to cover everything, and we have to cover the main points of everything. But also, at what point do we start? repeating the same stuff over and over again you know bernie made that point that said you know the most important age of our lives is from zero to four and yeah he makes a good point with that but he said it before and i understand that it's important to emphasize but it's also important to talk about the issues that haven't been talked about in other debates if they've already been covered you know um but we have to continue but it's just like this give and take when it comes to the debates you have to realize what's important and what the the voters truly want and focus on those and sometimes repeating things can get a little too excessive and it just drops the viewing rates for just the debates in general so adding on to sophia about how during these debates they're just asking the same questions over and over again the same topics Uh, I feel like there's a reason for that because since a lot of us, um, the voters, were voting on just like a few hot topics, few issues that we care about, and if the debates were to be debated over some issues that doesn't really apply to everyone, I feel like it wouldn't attract or draw a lot of viewers. So I feel like that's a reason why the 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 topics are so limited. But also throughout the debates, I've found out every candidate they're like I would be the only one to be able to beat Trump because of that, that, and that. But I'm actually a little suspicious. Um, thing is, I don't right currently. I don't think anyone fully has the power to just defeat Trump based on how they're acting on the stage. They're just yapping and then they're just calling each other names and attacking each other. That's and. If they go against Trump, it's gonna be even more chaotic because Trump is already—it's like really loud. His ego is like all the way up there. So I feel like it's very important to find someone that's more logical and won't just scream or just talk based on their emotions and get, get enraged easily. Um. So on the topic of just these debates in general. I think when it comes to okay, so here's something that I thought was really interesting. Actually, Warren has been coming out with these crazy defense. Like she's been coming out with these like, big receipts when it comes to attacking all of the other candidates, and they're wild. You know, like everybody else seems so. While everybody seems pre- seems to be prepared, I think Warren's the only one that seems to be like super, super prepared with all of this information that she gets on the other candidates, and I find that. Very interesting. I don't know where. I mean, I think it's a crazy political like strategy when it comes to these debates. But also, Biden and Bloomberg seem so unprepared sometimes when I watch them speak that it's kind of it's a little off-putting. I don't know. I would like to add on that. Um, personally, I feel like Warren is trying to run to be Bernie's vice president instead of running to be president of the nation. Like at this point. It's like every single debate, she brings on a different identity, and it's like it's very confusing. Like one time she's more like, "I identify with Bernie's policies," and the next time she's like, "I don't identify with Bernie at all." It's just from my standpoint, it's very confusing. Like for someone like me, I feel like she would be a better candidate for president than Bernie if 
like they because they have very specific policies i feel like hers are better Okay, so I realized after reading the transcripts once again that a lot of the issues that are discussed in these are issues that we talked about in our first, in our very first podcast. Like, they're kind of going over the same stuff over and over again, and like, yeah, it makes sense. They're spending two hours talking about the major issues, and, um, okay, wait, 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 I found something. So, um, they, it feels like recently there's each debate, there's somebody that they're all targeting, and, um, I guess... I don't even I I don't even know where to start. Like some of the last night was just wild. They were all like they were attacking Bloomberg. They were attacking um, Bernie. They were attacking. It, it was like it was way wild. Um, and then like some of the previous ones, they were really going in on Bloomberg. Um, and then they were also really going in on Buttigieg before. And so a lot of this has just become like a fight between you know who can out argue the other person. So okay. Also, here's my little theory on Bloomberg I feel like he might be a distraction planted by Donald Trump because in the, de- in the debate Warren mentioned that Bloomberg has um, sponsored numerous Republican officers officers uh, officers uh, Republican candidates and he went golfing with Trump and then, did he support Trump in any, uh, in any he, way? I think it was said that he endorsed him or something. Yes, he endorsed him, I guess. And back in a few, few years ago, I forgot which years, like, was it 2008 or 2012 or 2002? Oh. I forgot. But apparently, uh, Bloomberg was, tr- was like, paying someone to go against, to st- prevent Warren from, from winning. And based on his past political activities with the Republicans, it's very surprising to see him running as a Democratic candidate since he supported, he's been on the Republican side for so long. And so what if Trump paid him, paid for his political campaign, his advertisements to distract, distract the voters and it's like this um, further spread out the vote, voter turnout so there's no one possible um, winner and if um, Bloomberg does win the, the nomination somehow he might just like Ahaha, Trump paid me Trump here you go here's my voters I give up so yeah um, that's definitely a wild theory but I mean I don't know at this point like the debates are so crazy that I have no idea if anything is Sometimes it's like totally wild and sometimes it's not, but at this point it's definitely totally wild. Oh, an issue that was recently brought up was like just um, how Bernie Sanders did vote against this gun policy thing. Oh, yeah. He said that he was like a change person. Bernie has this, um, I feel like I'm attacking Bernie a lot in this podcast. Uh, I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, but just like the stuff that really stands out happens with Bernie. I feel like Bernie brings up stuff that he's done 30 years ago very often like what you know something that i was thinking about is if he talks about i think it was cool the fact that he got like what like a d minus from the nra when it comes to like voting um i mean i think that was a cool thing to bring up uh but i think he does he does a lot of this bringing up the stuff from the past that you know i'm really confused about because it's just how you know how many things have he doesn't talk much about what he's done now what he's done today and um that's just something that i was really interested in because we're as 
uh, students, we worry a lot about stuff that's going on today and stuff that we have to fix, you know, right now in the present instead of focusing on stuff that happened, you know, just way back then in the past. So. Yeah, so I think a general theme of the debates have been it's like a record competition. Like, there was a huge debate over who was... Amy Klobuchar brought up that she was the most effective in Congress by these studies and that Warren and Bernie were on the bottom tier. And then immediately after, Bernie and Warren were like, we were actually on the top. And it's like this very... It's very contradictory. Everyone's using these studies against each other. Um, This is also very important, I feel like. Just recently, this Yale study came out about Medicare for All and about how it would save money and it would save 68,000 lives a year. And now... That's what every single person is using to support it. And a lot of people are saying that those same studies show that other people's plans, like Bernie directly saying that Pete Buttigieg's would actually cost the country trillions each year and stuff like that. So it's come to a point where there's so many, quote, sources being thrown around that um, it's becoming very confusing. And while I don't doubt that these sources are legitimate, these sources all contradict each other in what they're trying to do and what they're doing so as a person who watches these debates it's like which sources should i believe which sources should i be like i shouldn't trust it i mean there's not really a clear guiding principle to go on um so at one point uh somebody points out that the their sources like they it was like warren and somebody and i think biden where they were talking about how the sources were totally different and she goes we need to fact check this fact check fact check and um i was like what because when it comes like these candidates should be these candidates should be prepared and it's really interesting the way that that's going so so last night during the debate it was either warren or biden who pointed out that um burden's medicare for all plan the cost was all over the place like just how it just kept going down and down and down and down and um how much does it say that bernie's medicare plan would cost three three trillion so it was like 60 to 40 it just kept going down 60 30 40 15 somewhere around that and um he hasn't actually given us any clear plans to execute this Medicare for all and um, for Pete um, he says that his Medicare for all who want it plan would cost around 1.5 trillion which is like 10 trillion less than Bernie's and um, I <laughs> I really do like Pete's plan because he says that he would fund fund the 1.5 trillion most of it through the tax cuts through these big companies and i and people are also attacking bernie for his medicare for all plan because it'll be forcing his plan on everyone and then which will completely shut down these private insurance companies which i feel like it's it's not good and if if there's some competition between the government and these private um, insurance companies um it will like influence or like just pressure these companies insurance companies to lower lower the prices which would also give people freedom to choose their own plans so yes
So Bernie's Medicare plan has been directly correlated with helping the people. And what's also been correlated with helping the people is the donors that are currently happening in this race right now. Um, a main, so the main criticism against a candidate like Pete Buttigieg is that he has multiple billionaire donors. And this has been a very big issue for a lot of people because they feel like because of these millionaire donors and well billionaire donors that um pete does not represent the people and he directly responded to this in the debate by saying yes i will if you're a billionaire and you donate to me i will be raising your taxes but give me the money anyways and it's like i feel like of course while billionaire money gets into like a whole separate discussion i feel like it, at the end of the day it's just politics like as long as he doesn't direct not as long as pete's not directly influenced by these billionaire opinions and he still does whatever he wants and then the billionaires just donate to him anyways because they think that he's gonna help their campaign then that's really on the billionaires themselves but if has these donations with the intent that he's going to listen to their billionaire opinions then that's when he gets into a point where it is a problem but right now it seems like he's still been consistent with this message so i don't feel like they're affecting him in the way that people think he are think he is and i feel like accepting money period isn't bad because it's an election and money is money and while i can see how this could be a bad thing i feel like for pete it's not something that's very it's not something that's like bad Okay, so when it comes to uh, billionaires and millionaires paying or like just spending money on a lot of the candidates, the thing is, is that I feel like none of the candidates should have any word about it because the thing is, is that everybody, um, everybody that's up there, everybody that's every candidate that's up there has, uh, everybody who is running, every candidate and every campaign people have, there's got to be like a few millionaires and billionaires backing them up. So it doesn't make sense that a lot of the times that people the candidates will get up there and they'll talk about you know all of these highly this top one percent paying for them when a lot of the times it's that one percent is also helping their campaign so it doesn't make sense to me that they're complaining about it when they're also being backed by that you know like you can't be backed completely the way that our economy works you know the way that capitalism works and stuff like that you can't just be backed by a bunch of middle i mean yeah you can but you can't but your support you know it's really hard to raise money if the people who are backing you are just the median just like the median percentage of americans so it's hard to come by and i just think that it's hard to um it's really difficult to just attack one candidate for having so many people back them up and it's not directly targeting any candidate at all but it's to say that you know every candidate at one point is being backed by somebody in the top one percent and it's a little bit hypocritical sometimes the fact that they go in on that so i also don't find it wrong for candidates to be endorsed or like to get donations from billionaires because i don't think that all billionaires all wealthy people have these bad intentions some may have good intentions and that's so that was debates but we also had uh, elections recently iowa has been a very big contention for a lot of people 
and Iowa has been the source of a lot of, I guess, pain and anguish with people. The biggest thing was that I, Bernie and Pete basically tied, and uh, Pete called victory before it was like officially done, and Bernie had more votes, but Pete had more counties. It was a mess. And then it came out that Pete's campaign had donated to Shadow Inc. Upon research, it's the Shadow Inc. donation was made for for them to use a service to like text people to vote, and it wasn't really used to like contribute to the app itself. But it was a a technical source of interest, so it wasn't a good idea that they use the Shadow app, and it caused the next debates to not use the Shadow app either. And then. In New Hampshire, Bernie showed up just one, and then Pete was in a close second. So, and now in these next uh, primaries and caucuses, it's moving into more diverse territories, while Iowa and New Hampshire had predominantly white voters. And so a lot of people are saying that these aren't accurate results for the whole country. So as Super Tuesday comes up, it's going to be extremely interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, so in Nevada, Bernie definitely won by a very large margin. And I think it's very, a lot of people are definitely rallying behind Bernie because a lot of them feel like he is someone that can beat them no matter what um, candidate that they really super agree with. And no, nothing against Bernie and nothing against all the other candidates. Um, I think that the issue with the Democratic Party that everybody's worried about is who can beat Trump, who has the numbers to beat Trump. I think that's something that everybody's really focused on. So. Uh. Uh, in most states, on based on Super Tuesday like predictions, <laughs> based on Super Tuesday predictions, Sanders is predicted to have won, is predicted to win a majority of the states, and so I mean I guess it's pretty reflective on what's going on in the party and stuff like that. I mean everybody's pretty much rallying behind Sanders to get the nominee, so I mean it's not really a surprise to me. There's a few, you know, our state is rallying behind Bloomberg surprisingly in Arkansas. It's like one of the only ones that's not behind Sanders, and Minnesota I think is with Klobuchar right now, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it makes sense. But, uh, yeah, demographically, I guess all of this just is, it's kind of what we're expecting when it comes to it. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Um, based on the polls, Bernie is probably, from now, based on polls currently, Bernie's in the lead and he might get the, get the nomination. But, like, how do you guys feel if Bernie were to get the nomination and compete against Trump, do you think he has a potential to beat Trump? Um, personally, I think that's really hard to talk to, like, just sort of estimate. Because the thing is, is that, like, you can't really tell. Everybody's either super into Bernie or, like, super not into Bernie. And there's nobody who's kind of, like, in between. I guess, some, like, everybody said it before, what we need is, like, kind of a moderate that's kind of just, like, in between, but also is somebody that everybody can sort of kind of side with, you know what I mean? Pete Buttigieg said this in the last debate, and I feel like it's uh, important. He said uh, Sanders Sanders versus Trump, if it happens, is going to be just as bad as Hillary versus Trump, and I agree. It is going to bring everyone out of the woodworks, and it's going to have more political tension, and I guess... I guess for either side, this is a good thing, because each side, if they win or lose, it's going to prove what they're trying to say. So I guess we'll really know like what America thinks if that happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I, th- I think the polls are right, that Bernie 
could does win by pure support in these states but i feel like the polls aren't accurate because the same thing happened in california last year where the same people that supported bernie did not go out and vote and that's why he lost and hillary won the nomination so really it just depends on who goes out and vote and that's why voices are so so important because if you don't cast your voice then the majority opinion or what most people think isn't going to be enacted and i feel like if people don't voice their vote and they still get upset they don't really have a right to be upset because we are so incredibly lucky to live in a country where ideas like sanders can even exist like in some countries if you have ideas like sanders like people like will get killed for like these democratic or socialist ideas and so i feel like if we really want those in our country i mean we should just we should fight for them if people want to because we do because our voice is so important and most countries don't even have the privilege of having this debate one idea that all the candidates do agree on is for is that they can beat Trump if if voter turnout goes up and there's like if, if there's a big voter turnout and that is very important and since our current listeners I'm not sure how many there are there is um it's yes I do feel like it's very important for us to vote because even though we feel like even though, for example, we're in Arkansas, and we do feel like it's gonna be repu- it's gonna be um, voted as Republican, um, and yeah, it's still important to let them hear our voices. And if you're a voter from a state that's not like predetermined, that is very important. Um, so, I mean, I guess it makes a lot of sense to talk about how it is important to vote, and I guess our main thing when it comes to this podcast is to get people to vote, so, um, I just think it's, it's something that we should talk about when it comes to just stuff like that, so, um, it's very important for everybody to just make sure that they use that privilege that they have to just go out and vote. It's one of the main rights that we have when it comes to being a citizen of the United States, and it's very important to our political efficacy that we do something like that, so. Can we just, why do um, our um, the sponsors on our poll, um, are so they side with Bloomberg. <laughs> okay, um, so also all three of us have come to the consensus that we do not understand why people support Bloomberg. While of course he's the most, I guess, moderate candidate on stage, question mark. Um, I feel like his past actions against women completely just disqualify him. Um, I feel like... I feel like it's disgusting what he's done and his and how he just talks and acts and I feel like it you know even if his policies are great what he's what he represents and the stuff he's gotten away with I just cannot support um and also yeah so that was episode two we just want to say that our responses are coming into poll two and they are extremely diverse already like there is not it's very diverse so there's no true consensus so please go and vote in our poll because again your voice does matter in our poll um and a reminder to just vote vote when if you can if you can't like vote if you can vote for the primaries make sure you go out and vote um if you haven't i mean i'm pretty sure the date to register is already passed but um even if you haven't registered for primaries like make sure if you're old enough register to vote by the time that the election comes by you know it's very important and it's something that we have a right to do and something that it's very important that we do end up doing so Um, Thank you for tuning in. Um, Stay tuned for episode three.
Thank you so much. We will see you all next time. Hey everyone, it's Clayton. Episode's not over just yet. I just wanted to say thank you so much for the support we've had all along. And I just wanted to say if you're a student in Arkansas and you're looking to make change right now, you can go to Arkansas Students United for Mental Health. The head of it is Jason Crumpler, and it's working to have more mental health services in our schools, which would be really beneficial. So check it out if you want. You can use your voice, use your political agathacy. And yeah, thank you so much overall. Our next episode should be coming in a week. Uh, We hope you enjoy.